0: Good morning. This is Mary Frances Monroe from the Institute of International Finance here in Buenos Aires, joined by Jonathan Dixon, Secretary General of the IAIS. We're very pleased to have Jonathan participate in this podcast. Let's let's start it off. The IAIS is delivering its five-year strategic plan later today at the Global Seminar here in Buenos Aires. What would you like to highlight with respect to the five-year strategic plan?
1: Thank you, Mary Frances, and thanks very much for the opportunity. Yes, we're very excited to be launching our new strategic plan for the years 2020 through 2024 here in Buenos Aires, and, and perhaps maybe a few key messages to highlight. First of all, finalization of our post-crisis reform agenda remains key. In particular, our work on the insurance capital standard ICS uh, will remain important over the next five years as we move from next year into our five-year monitoring period for ICS. So we will continue work on development and finalization of the ICS during this period, and that remains a critical priority. We'll also, of course, be implementing our holistic framework for systemic risk as well. But second message is that whilst these post-crisis reforms remain critical, the next five years is also an opportunity to pivot to the next horizon. And by that, I mean that we as an association, a community of insurance supervisors need to uh, look at what's coming down the line, both in terms of the new risk landscape, including things like fintech, which has huge opportunities, but also challenges, cyber risk, climate risk, and see how supervisors should proactively respond to that. It also means in terms of the new horizon, recognizing that the insurance sector really is at the forefront of some truly pressing societal challenges around sustainable development. So including factors like building resilient economies to natural disasters and helping to close that protection gap and demographic changes, what that means for aging societies and the protection gap. So it's an exciting time for insurance and as an association of insurance supervisors, we will be helping supervisors to play their role in tackling these challenges and capitalizing on these opportunities. What that's likely to mean is less in the way of setting new standards, but more emphasis on supervisory practices. How do we apply existing standards to this new environment? And then I think last uh, key message for the next five years is that we will also see a pivot towards more focus on implementation of agreed standards. So we will have developed these reforms, but that's half the job. The other half is to put these into practice. So, we have committed much more focus and resources to the assessment of globally consistent implementation of these standards. So, all in all, our core functions will stay the same standard setting, macroprudential surveillance, helping with supervisory practices, and implementation assessment but we will do that through the uh, prism of these new themes, these emerging risk landscape and these societal challenges.
0: Wonderful, that is certainly a comprehensive work plan you have in front of you and quite a bit of work ahead. One area that's been of interest to our members in the insurance space is a concern about the disaggregation of the insurance business model through the growth of FinTech. Insurers traditionally have been in charge of the entire insurance value chain from distribution to claims management. But with the growth of FinTech, third parties are starting to capture parts of that value chain. How do you see insurance supervisors responding to some of the challenges of the disruption of the insurance value chain?
1: Mm. Well, we had a very interesting discussion on this. In fact, at the recent insurance forum in Japan just last week under the umbrella of the G20 meetings which i know you were at as well yes. and i think the starting point is recognizing that fintech brings huge opportunities and benefits for the insurance sector and for policyholders but it also brings challenges and and one of those is the increasingly outsourced model that you reference with multiple links in the insurance value chain and that means you know often more reliance on and exposure to third-party providers many of whom are outside the traditional regulatory perimeter and this does bring with it serious questions about whether the traditional insurance regulatory model which is quite institution-based based on the insurer as the license holder is still fit for purpose in this emerging environment so in Tokyo, we had a, a good discussion on this. And I tend to agree with the direction of the discussion, which was that there are strong arguments for a move to a more activities-based approach to supervision, where we have these multiple players in the value chain. It was very interesting that there was an audience poll on this question in the panel I moderated, and strong support for this idea that we need to relook at this. The other point, of course, is that this also fits with our move to a more activities-based approach to our assessment of systemic risk in the insurance sector. So I do believe that this will be an area where as the IIS, we will need to do further work, likely in collaboration with other standard-setting bodies, because these are not trends that are specific to the insurance sector. And I know fellow standard-setting bodies like the Basel Committee, the FSB, are looking at these issues as well.
0: Certainly a helpful comment and certainly led into my next question, which was on the work that you are doing on a cross-sectoral basis. So I take it that the IAIS will increase its engagement with other sectoral standard setters, such as the Basel Committee, in connection with not only this issue, but some of the other emerging risks and issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. These are going to be very relevant themes to us and in our strategic plan, which you'll see when it comes out later today, we do stress this point about the need for greater coordination and collaboration, not only with standard setting bodies like the Basel Committee and the FSB, but also with industry stakeholders as well and industry associations who are grappling with the very same issues. And this work on greater coordination and collaboration among standard-setting bodies has begun, in particular under the ambit of the Financial Stability Board, the FSB. And I think there is much that we can do in in coordination and collaboration. One example is the joint IAIS uh, and FSB Financial Innovation Network workshop that we will be holding in October this year on the issues of alternative data and advanced data analytics.
0: Wonderful. We'll look forward to that workshop and look forward to continuing our work with the IAIS on these important issues. A final topic, and it's our hearty perennial topic, is the ICS. And I just thought you could uh, share a little bit about the trajectory of the future work November marks a very important milestone for the ICS and what has been announced as the beginning of a monitoring period. Perhaps you can share your thoughts about what you hope to accomplish during the monitoring period.
1: Mm. Very happy to. So in terms of the ICS, we have an agreed way forward uh, uh, amongst our members. This we often refer to as the Kuala Lumpur Agreement, an agreement that was reached in November 2017 in Kuala Lumpur, hence the name. And in the meetings that we've just had here in Buenos Aires, I'm glad to say all of our members expressed the fact that they remain committed to this path. We also agreed that there needs to be some greater communication around expectations for the monitoring period, and we'll be sharing that later today in our, in our global seminar. But some of the key messages particularly that the purpose of this five-year monitoring period is to monitor the performance of the ICS over a period of time rather than monitoring the capital adequacy of internationally active insurance groups. It's the performance of the ICS that we're interested in not performance of insurance groups.
0: That's a very helpful clarification, as I believe there have been different interpretations over
1: time. Exactly. And that also explains why, you know, for this purpose of being able to monitor performance of the IIS over time, the monitoring period is intended to be a period of stability for our reference ICS uh, and the additional reporting. But importantly, this does not preclude possible changes in response to the need for uh, clarifications or refinements or the correction of major flaws or unintended consequences identified during the monitoring period to improve the ongoing development of the ICS during this time. The other key point is that the ICS to be implemented as a prescribed capital requirement at the end of the monitoring period is unlikely to be the same ICS version 2.0 that we are looking to adopt in November because we will continue to learn during this monitoring period and adapt accordingly. And I think the last key point is that during the monitoring period, the ICS will be used for confidential reporting to group-wide supervisors for discussion in supervisory colleges. It will not be used as a prescribed capital requirement in this period. In other words, the ICS results will not be used as a basis to trigger supervisory action. Therefore, during the monitoring period, internationally active insurance groups are not expected to manage their business to the ICS since it is not a prescribed capital requirement. And the ICS version 2.0 for the monitoring period is not for decision-making by supervisors, nor is it intended for third-party reliance. The feedback received during the monitoring period will be used to further improve the ICS, and prior to the adoption of ICS as a prescribed capital requirement, there will be a public consultation which could well result in changes to ICS version 2.0 before it is finalised. And during the monitoring period, importantly, the IIS intends to maintain at least the same level of engagement with stakeholders as it did during the fuel testing period. Because what we want is we want to hear feedback, yes, from group-wide supervisors, and involve supervisors and supervisory colleges, but just as much from those internationally active insurance groups that are starting to implement ICS version 2.0 for reporting on a best estimate basis.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for that very, very helpful explanation and the clarification on the monitoring period. I think that will be very much welcomed. I'd like to thank you for your participation in the podcast today. It was a pleasure speaking with you as always. And I know our members will look forward to hearing this podcast as well as hearing your further remarks in the Global Seminar here in Buenos Aires.
1: Thank you very much, Mary Frances. My pleasure. And thank you for the opportunity.